0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of
2: destiny. Yes!
4: Hopefully, you, if you built something, hopefully you wanted to continue on you know, and prosper and grow, whether that's with a family member or without a family member.
2: Today I signed a deal. I just became the new owner of Ring of Honor.
4: And cultures are cultures, and you have to respect that. Just because we, as Americans, this is the way we should do. This is the way our whole world should... Be like us. We know the way, and any other way is just not right
3: way. Or is it just always like what will make the best show in your eyes? Like, is that I'm always what? concerned about what's best for the
4: audience? Always. What does the audience want?
2: There's been better representation, I think, than ever before. Um, diversity among the champions and uh, new stars coming in. You know, our partners are really happy with what they're getting, and we're really happy to work in those partnerships. And that's about as, as corporate and honest as I can be there.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Russellomics Radio. I'm Brandon Thurston, broadcasting live and on demand from Buffalo, New York, where it is Sunday march the 6th 2022 it is 65 degrees fahrenheit i don't know what that is celsius for your international listeners but it is it is a pretty nice day that, that that's roughly that's just that's like the minimum room temperature uh that, that you can handle here in the u.s before uh, you can start making complaints against your landlord uh i'm joined today by uh a ring announcer a uh, an everyman for the wrestling uh WrestleNomics World, and so forth, and things of that that nature. Uh, Chris,
5: hello, hello. Hello, I'm happy to be here. It's been a very busy weekend. A beautiful day, though, as you said. Like I took my dog outside. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. But I'm going to see the Batman later today, and then also watching, probably watching Revolution. So pa- well, stacked today right. today. That's right.
1: Like your your blue shirt is is my, the, the chroma key doesn't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, we'll, we'll deal with that. Uh, there's a there's a dog roaming around in the in the backyard over here somewhere. I think that's the other neighbor's dog. I think the I'm afraid that one of the neighbors' dogs is in the wrong backyard or something at the moment. That's why I'm staring out the window. Um, we had a wrestling show that we're, we we were interacting in person yesterday.
5: Yes, we? yeah,
1: yeah. The we were Empire State Wrestling Show has come and
5: gone. Yeah, it was a great time. It was ESW Spring Breakdown, a uh, four hundred forty. Uh, plus fans, four uh, hundred and forty. Yeah, reporting
1: the attendance here. I didn't, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, was that paid? Was that, does that that
5: include comps? I believe that's paid attendance. I don't even know paid if there attendance. is any comps. Are there are there any comps on such bunch of <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. No comps. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was a stacked show, top to bottom. Great show. Great main event uh, with uh, Kevin Blackwood and uh, Ricky Shane Page, and it was a it was a fun night for Good. sure. I'm trying to
1: fix your chroma key, and all I'm doing is making you change into strange colors. So look, look. I'm sorry. I thought
5: this would be okay on
1: top of the green. I don't know. I, I would think it would be. You're for those listening only in audio, which is most of you. Uh, Gullo is wearing a bright blue, kind kind of a skyish blue, kind of a Twitter yeah. blue colored shirt, um, robin's a, egg blue, and a Lego a Lego tie. Uh, yes. Did did Mister Brickster make that tie? yes he did yes he did. okay uh and, uh fans of the iwtv universe maybe maybe familiar with mr brickster um anyway uh yeah i i produced the show i helped produce the show for for brett the promoter didn't, didn't book any of it but just made made things happen which i think it went well it was good everybody seemed i didn't have any problems with anybody uh but it was fine um there's been a lot of a lot of uh, wrestling news and wrestling media this week. I made you listen to many things. Do have you have you done yeah. all of your homework? Are you properly prepared for this episode, Chris? Call.
5: I have done all my homework and I am prepared. And yes, a lot of wrestling media was consumed this week. And we'll just talk about the highlights of what you're going to hear today. You're going to hear about the Pat McAfee Vince McMahon interview. You're going yes. to hear about Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor. Yes. You're going to hear about WB and AEW making a deal. We're also going to touch on the interview that you discussed this week with Chris Harrington. Uh, I believe it was Tuesday on the WrestleNomics feed. So much more. Uh, This is a jam packed WrestleNomics.
1: Tuesday. I talked to Mookie Wednesday. There was a Tony Khan conference media call Thursday was the Vincent Pat interview. Uh, So I, I, you listened to the Vincent and Pat McAfee interview, right? Yes, uh, I, I, I hope you you took away from that uh, the way that Pat treated Vince in that interview is how I want you to treat me here on this program from now on. Um.
5: Brandon, Th- Brandon Thurston, uh, a legend, an absolute Brandon. You uh, adversity. You grew up in a trailer, and look at you! Look at you! Look at you! are you, the Wrestleomics guy. Look at. Look at how do you do it, man? How do you become so awesome? I grew up in
1: the suburbs, and and here I am now. Uh, okay, well, I guess we'll, we'll start with with uh, with Vincent Pat. Um, any any, I have a few clips that we're gonna play from this that we'll we'll deal with directly. Uh, this was this was Vince's first interview. At uh, at some point, Pat McAfee hyped it as. The the first Vince interview in 15 years. That's not quite the case. First interview since 2014, December 2014, when he was interviewed by Steve Austin on the W Network and for Steve Austin's podcast, um which, which I think Vince came off very poorly. And I think it was a disaster for them, both in terms of their their fan relations and, and in terms of their talent relations. Saying things like, uh, you know, Cesaro, whose contract reportedly has recently expired, you know, maybe just doesn't have it. Maybe it's because. Uh, Maybe it's because he's Swiss, uh, and so forth, and th- he said said things like this. In fact,
4: it's millennials. You know, they're, they're not as ambitious, quite frankly.
1: Yeah. I didn't didn't even plan to do that, but but I do have that on our soundboard, just ready to go at any time. Um, so yeah, that was uh, an interview where I think he came off as some people suspected, quite out of touch. That was years ago, though. This was a very different interview. I mean, we you have interviewers in both cases that you can see vince being comfortable with for perhaps different reasons but we have uh, pat mcafee uh interviewing you know one of his employers so uh you can see why that would be a friendly interview um maybe we'll talk about another friendly interview between me and mookie later though um but yeah any any thoughts or takeaways uh from this skull before we go into specifics
5: and you know i've seen many people have kind of same opinion that you know i that i'm gonna have and i've seen you comment on a few others uh wrestling journalists about that pat did a great job in making vince be human like you know kind of mm. break this robot facade just work, work work and really come out of his comfort zone it seems a little bit but not in the way probably we wanted to hear um you know i obviously some parts like the releases while i listen to the fans and that could be heavily debated that the fans wanted people like Keith Lee and killer cross and others released. Uh, and it, it, you know, it, it was, it, it got accomplished what WB wanted accomplished. It pumped up WrestleMania. It pumped up the undertaker hall of fame announcement. It got them mainstream media press that they knew was going to be friendly. I mean, Pat McAfee is a big deal. It might be the top sports po- podcast now. So that's one thing. He got seems very out. popular.
1: Um, thoughts and feelings on listening to Pat McAfee be Pat McAfee for about an hour and a half. Uh,
5: I like I've watched Pat McAfee before and obviously yeah. I've seen him on Smackdown, but that the energy was a whole nother level. Like I'm like, whoa, this guy doesn't stop. And he's drinking liquid death water. I'm like, where are the monsters or the rains? Like I could not believe how just the constant. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah.
5: Like I was like, what? Hey, I mean, if that's how Pat McAfee rolls, I mean, I'm a high-energy person, too, but I was like, whoa. Someone said it was, uh, you know, it's, you're, you're hanging out with some frat, frat boys.
1: Um, <laughs> the most, I mean, there's not a lot of substance in this interview. Um, I, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, the, this was a, a huge thing for wrestling media to react to. The way the wrestling media reacted to it uh, has been reacted to. Uh, there's not a lot of news or substance out of this. There's a lot of anecdotes and stories uh it, it's a kind of a puff piece for for Vince um Pat McAfee's show ha- had the audacity to put in their video title Vince talks about AEW in Saudi Arabia Pat brought up he Pat did say AEW he he brought it up in terms of competition he didn't specifically ask him like you know how do you feel about AEW and this new company but he did Sort of bring it up, and, and Vince did not go down that road in his response. Um, the nearest to newsworthy thing here is what he said about family, which was still kind of vague. Uh, but we will let's let's just listen to that clip now. Actually, actually on video, we'll see it as well. No, I I, I don't think about it a lot. Um, He's being asked about succession. if you built something, hopefully you wanted to continue
4: on, you know, and prosper and grow, whether that's with a family member or without a family member. Because my view is the business is is best for everybody, you know, and whether you're a part of it or you're not a part of it. And you have to treat it as such. You have to be objective, you know, and look at family members, whoever it is, just like you would other employees. And quite frankly, I probably have expected more, you know, out of my family members, which is probably not the right thing either. <laughs> but, um,
3: but really, That's going to be a big deal right there, what you just said. You know
4: that. Though, but, but nonetheless, it's like um, you have to do the right thing for the business. So if this person is not working out, then they shouldn't be a part of the company.
1: Who's he talking about there? This person isn't working out. I mean, we would assume Shane McMahon. Shane would be the likeliest person you would think you would have in mind, especially considering recent events where he's reportedly sent home after uh, rubbing a lot of people the wrong way after Royal Rumble. Uh, Triple H, though, as well, seems to be applicable to that. Um Yeah. I wonder what's I, w- I would be pissed if I was Stephanie listening to that. <laughs> what have I done wrong? Um, no, there's the you know if that's the closest we got to the palace intrigue, um, and I guess it leaves if that doesn't that doesn't sound like somebody who's absolutely certain he's going to hand this business on to a family member. And oh, this is this is good for your talking point. Is is W going to sell? Then maybe Vince is open to selling and getting you know that. Uh, I think as long as he's alive though, he's going to run this company. But I think. I, I hesitate to try to unpack this because it was it's such a vague comment. Um, I, th- I think he's open to a future where the company is owned by somebody else, but I still stand by, I think as long as he's alive, he's going to want to be in control of it. Anything to add there?
5: Uh, no. Uh, it, one thing to like the succession, like when McAfee brought up, because I know you probably won't ever watch it. Like at least it's, it's just the consensus is he just doesn't watch Anything, but he actually did address. Vince addressed, like you know, some people think I'm not hip and this and that and all that. that. But I did enjoy McAfee going. You probably never seen this, or probably never will watch it. (laughs) But like,
1: um, yeah, I mean, that sort of just it confirmed things that we felt, you know. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's not on the greatest professional terms with Shane. Who knows if he's got Paul of in mind? And uh, does does Stephanie actually run this company someday? I don't know, but we got some sort of vague, vague comment to that effect. Um, Saudi Arabia came up as man. Well, he's, he's just doing great work in Saudi Arabia. Let's listen to the to the uh, to the excerpt.
3: For instance, you doing a show in Saudi Arabia, okay? Be- this was before I, you were the first person I think that went over there in almost. Like offered uh, hey, let's go ahead and maybe try to bring the world together a little bit. Was that because you heard there were big fans? And when you go into a meeting like that, how, what the fuck do you, your eight foot trailer is where you grew up at. Now you're doing meetings with royalty mm-hmm. in Saudi Arabia. Like how do you even prepare for that? What do you expect for that? And since that relationship has started, have you seen like their country develop more and maybe get a little bit more lenient, which is good for the entire world, I think, mm-hmm. right? Well,
4: Saudis are no different than any other people. WB fans all over the world. How do
3: you know they were just watching on the internet, or how'd you find out that it was Uh, actually?
4: Well, I've known for years. We've had a presence over there for years, Uh, and Saudi everywhere. There was no place on the globe that went over presence. So, Saudi fans are you know really really enthusiastic like they are everywhere else. So it was an opportunity to play before the. For the audience, no, the no, audience. Then, people love Western culture all over the world. They don't love our government, but they love Western culture. Hey, nobody loves. And, it. and our, you know, our form of entertainment uh, with WB kind of fits into everything. It's larger than life. It's like, you know, everything imaginable that you could ever like. Oh my God, a spectacle of it. You know, so it fits in everywhere. Um, and we translate it in uh, forty languages or something like that. But even if there's just English, you get it. You understand. So um, we've always been you know, popular everywhere, Saudi is, is no different, and again, people are people. It's, you know, you, you know, and cultures are cultures, and you have to respect that, just because we as Americans, this is the way we should do, this is the way our whole world should be like us. We know the way, and any, any other way is just not the right way. Come on, culture's been around. Thousands of years. well, hey. Long before us. Yeah, yeah, it
3: depends which uh, book you read. There's millions of years (laughs) potentially. But, like, that is – that's a very real thing. And you like – situations are situational is something I say all the time because it's very real. So
1: so there you go. Uh, Vince – those are Vince's comments on Saudi Arabia. Uh, And I think he brings up some some really interesting points there. Uh, Cultures are cultures. People are people. Uh, And and as as Pat added, situations are situations. So it it, it really – puts to bed all of the criticisms that the people like you Chris Gull have been raising time after time after time about Saudi Arabia being like this this bad thing that they're doing when they're actually bringing the world together um and and it has it has nothing to do with how much money the Saudi government is giving them um yeah, I mean, they're giving them more money than all of the money that they've ever drawn from selling every ticket to every WrestleMania adjusted for inflation. And they're making more money than, than AEW will make in its entire four-year deal with Warren Media, And they're, they're making more money from Saudi Arabia. They already have, than the entire market capital of Bushi Road. And they've made more money from Saudi Arabia, from uh, every dollar that New Japan has drawn since uh, Okada's big push. So, you know, cultures are cultures. People are people. And it's, it's got nothing to do with the money, right? It's, it's all about uh, WWE's moral beliefs.
5: Well, cultural relativism, which you just had up a little bit there, um, which we can kind of circle back to, but uh, it is the idea that a person's beliefs and practices should be understood based on that person's own culture. Proponents of cultural relativism also tend to argue that the Their norms and values of one culture should not be evaluated using the other norms of value of another.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Does that stand scrutiny. Does is that um does that apply fully to this situation without caveat? Um it's really just people not being tolerant and accepting of the Saudi Arabia culture. Isn't isn't that isn't that right?
5: It gets but here's the thing, like culture is music it's art it's food it's religion culture is not human rights like you can't have different human rights because your culture you know what i mean like we're not gonna allow women to vote because our culture like no it's not acceptable human rights isn't a culture thing human rights should be across the board freedom for everybody freedom to beliefs freedom to vote freedom to drive freedom to work Okay. And I think that's what he he doesn't understand the argument is
1: right, but but all that money they're making, you have to respect that right you have to, i mean, as many people said in response to this this you like Vince or hate him, you have to respect him don't isn't that true? you have to respect vince, you have to respect him. you have no choice about that matter, correct you have to respect him, you have to respect vince um but what about like? If, say, you want to kill a journalist because he's been saying critical things about you, isn't that a, a, a part of culture, other people's culture, that we should accept?
5: And that's where, And I know where you're going to kind of tie this into. But, yeah, um, if we remember from The Atlantic. This is a uh, the crown-
1: in The Atlantic uh, profile on on Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, the, the de facto leader of the Kingdom of
5: Saudi Arabia. Yeah. And I will kind of read the expert here. Uh, the Crown Prince defended himself in part by asserting that the uh, Khashoggi was not important enough to kill. This is Jamal I've never Mishogi,
1: read who's the the journalist who was murdered by Saudi agents.
5: Never read a Khashoggi article in my life. He said to our astonishment, to added that if he were to send a kill squad, he'd choose a more valuable target and more competent assassins. If that's the way we did things, murdering authors are critical. Uh, op eds, uh, Kashagi wouldn't even be among the top 1,000 people on the list. If you're going to go for another operation like that for another person, it's got to be professional and it's got to be one of the top 1,000. Apparently, he had a hypothetical hit list ready to go. Nevertheless, he maintained that Kashagi killing was a huge mistake. Um, so, oh, he wasn't a top 1,000. Like, why, why do you have a top 1,000? <laughs>
1: um, you remember the O.J. Simpson book? If I did it, this is how it would be. Uh,
5: <laughs> yes. If I did it, yes. yes. So
1: um, the CIA believes that MBS, Mohammed bin Salman, ordered the killing of Jamal Khashoggi. Um, and things like this, among other things, including women's rights, and gay rights, or lack thereof in Saudi Arabia. And the, 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 um, the thing that W needs you to forget or not know or not care about the thing that the Saudi government and MBS need you to not know, not care about, is that it's the government that's funding this. This is not just as Pat McAfee makes it sound, that, oh, we're just going over there and bringing the world together. They're going over there to be paid by the Saudi government the equivalent of three WrestleManias in ticket sales. Every time. They're going to go there twice in 2022. They already went there once. They'll make $100 million in revenue. That's six WrestleManias in ticket sales. Um, so it's, it's incredibly uh, huge money. And it's not from the fans there. Nobody's saying anything about Saudi people, average citizens here. We're talking about the government that imposes human rights violations both on its people and on uh, in situations like in the, the blockade of humanitarian aid in Yemen. And went out of their way to lure a journalist who is critical of their government to a Saudi consulate in Turkey. So he could be killed and dismembered. That's what's happening. And you know, Pat McAfee's not going to bring that up to his boss. Um, now WB will, when there's not a lot of money involved, they will, as they did earlier this week announce that they're terminating their partnership, uh, their media partnership and their W network distribution in Russia as everybody's doing it. Uh, which, which, which you know, is is probably the right thing to do to pressure uh, the Russian government, uh, which is invading Ukraine. Um, but this this deal that they go go ahead and read this um, press release, please.
5: Yeah, so uh, WWE released the following statement. Uh, WWE has terminated its partnership with Russian broadcaster Match and shut down WWE Network in Russia effective immediately. This move eliminates a cross in Russia to any WWE program, including the company's weekly Raw, SmackDown, and NXT shows, its on-demand library, and all its premium live events, including WrestleMania 38. And here we see WWE have some
1: apparent m- moral consideration. Um how, how, so they're probably giving up about fifty million dollars, like they are in the case of uh, their, their Saudi Arabia deal. Fifty? What do you, how much do you think this deal is worth? Fifty? Fifty million dollars? Hundred million dollars? What do you think?
5: This is probably a maybe a million dollar deal. Yeah, probably I'd, less. Probably yeah. less
1: than that. I would I would guess. Um, so not not a lot of financial sacrifice here uh, to to do the thing that that many you know, companies are doing uh, to sort of sanction and pressure. Uh, the Russian government. Um, Yes. And I I think um, what we see in, as as I was thinking about this interview and listening, re-listening to parts of it, getting these clips together last night, um, it it sort of underlines the tension between um, getting along well with people and establishing these relationships and this sort of, this almost toxic positivity that Pat McAfee brings to this interview, uh, how much he's just amazed by, by Vince and how much you, you have to respect Vince, even, you know, even if he's, you know, he's doing business with the Saudis who are doing terrible things and, you know, violating human rights. Um, you know, even if he's, uh, Got his uh, wrestlers misclassified uh, as independent contractors when they should be employees, which by the way AEW probably does too. And uh, you know, even even if he is accused of sexual assault a couple of times, and you know, uh, he's, he's, he, you know there's a lot of things you can criticize him about, but you have to respect him. Um, there's a uh, but but if you do show oh, appreciation and awe of Vince McMahon, uh, maybe it helps helps your connections. You're, it helps your relationships, especially if you want to get ahead and say the wrestling industry or some, some sort of industry that's related to the wrestling industry. You got to stay positive. You got to get to get those opportunities. Whether those opportunities are, are emotional, it feels good to have your ego validated because these other people are willing to uh, talk to you and give you acceptance. Uh, maybe there's financial opportunity to make if, you're, uh, if you get a job with WWE with or something like that, or AW for that matter, um, versus... Being critical of of an industry, being what could be could attempted to be dismissed as being negative. You're so
5: negative, Golo. Why, why do you have to bring up these these inconvenient truths? Stop being so negative. If I could, if I could be negative again, uh, one thing you keep bringing up is the respect thing, right? And you know, Vince touched on respect, uh, and you know, the one thing I want for my roster, you know, my talent is respecting and all that. And he sees it as respect, but I think what we've heard from, you know, previous people's previous experiences, it's more fear. Fear of losing your job, losing a push, like, you know, oh, I can't tell him about being injured. I can't, you know, you know, uh you know, oh, I I guess I'll do this, even though I don't want to do this, you know, you know, but I know it's gonna, you know, kill any momentum. Like I, I think he sees it as respect, but I think a lot of people probably see it as fear of like losing their job, like being that he'll just don't say anything go without the corporate line um
1: i hesitate to talk about wrestling media because we are at least i am wrestling media at this point are you, are you wrestling media go
5: yeah i'm wrestling you media. Are. why are you wrestling media? I, would, I would say well first off I, I i this co-host show? this show with you yeah. um I, I i i have fans on both sides uh <laughs> saying things to me like yeah. i'm this shill or that shill uh you know, I do another podcast about independent wrestling history, I'd say I'm wrestling media. Yes. Um
1: and I guess because we we did the, the interview with Mookie, you know, I I uh I can see how one might say that we're sitting here and, and, and criticizing this Vince interview when I just did a, an interview with, with Chris Harrington, who's an AW senior vice president, uh in which he promoted uh the AW pay per view, which is tonight. And uh he was quite guarded about many things in that interview. Um but uh yeah i think i th- i I would rather criticize things i I care a lot about the in- the wrestling industry, and um, I think it needs to be criticized. The wrestling industry, probably more than most industries, needs to be criticized, and it needs some negativity thrown at it to raise awareness and to educate the audience, to educate people who can pressure the wrestling industry to improve in, in a lot of ways, whether that's, whether that's just creatively, whether that's in terms of talent relations, uh, whether that's in terms of workers being treated like employees rather than independent contractors when, you know, according to a multi-factor test for the IRS, they probably should be treated as employees.
5: I think it just goes to the fan base. I mean, with wrestling, you have a large community that wants to know what happens backstage, wants to know about business dealings, wants to know you know, what changes can be made. I mean, we hear WrestleNomics get a great audience, people that really want to know the business side of things. We're like, let's just be very frank here. WWE is not the only corporation that we can call out things that might be questionable. Like, m- m- com- cor- corporations do it every single day. I mean, some corporations are just purposely they're refusing to go green and you know try to have any type of uh you know method to save the the planet from global warming and it's stuff like, like that a like vegan like a true you know and, and doing business and in, in countries you know that are questionable and stuff like that like so yeah i mean uh i i think it comes down to there's a fan base in wrestling that really wants to know and that's why wrestling, <laughs> wrestling media provi- provides that outlet yeah i mean some people take too negative of a spin. Some people take way too positive of a spin, too. I feel like we try to be fair, and I know that sometimes it comes off like we're so anti WWE. Sometimes, like uh, I'll give WWE credit when it's due. You know, it's just it's been more misses and hits in my personal opinion lately. Um, and
1: I have an opinion about that, and I, and I say it just about every week. So we'll we'll hold off and and let's turn now to with his comments on uh, talent releases and the audience. Uh, here's the clip.
3: So whenever you think about the future, because a lot of people on the Internet, they say uh, with some of the moves that get made. Now, listen, I'm in the I was in the NFL where I have lunch with a dude. Okay, I go into my meeting, I, come, I never see that guy again. That guy was cut, he's gone, this is the NFL, there's only a certain amount of spots. With you, whatever you have to make those decisions to move forward, people always assume that you just have no heart. And you do not care at all about any of these people. Then there's podcasts that happen. Each one of those decisions that you make, whether it's to release somebody, or by the way, Push somebody or keep somebody, how much weight to, like are any of those decisions like more difficult than others, or is it just always like what will make the best show in your eyes? Like is I'm that always
4: concerned about what's best for the audience. Always. What does the audience want? And if you have dead weight around you or you had situations whereby someone's not cutting it or maybe and you have an opportunity for someone else to come in, it's like, okay, that's probably the best thing. It was one of the reasons why you know, with uh, Hogan and a lot of those guys who left me at one time and you know why I brought them back. You know I mean? It's like, you know, I'll never bring that son of a bitch back again as long as I live. <laughs> it's like, you know, when you say stuff like that, you know, you're, you're really hurting yourself because you're not thinking about your audience. You're not, you're not thinking about your product. And it's not about you and your ego. It's like, yeah, okay, maybe I really felt that way. Maybe I didn't. But nonetheless, it, it doesn't matter. What's the best thing for business? If the audience wants Hulk Hogan back, you bring him back. If he has value that way.
1: There you go. Um, I see we have a couple super chats. We will we will uh, address those before before we're done here today. Um so Vince also says elsewhere in this interview that um in investors um the pump the company going public has helped him to you know to make to make decisions uh more easily and to not have as much of a heart. <laughs> um so yeah. Uh the notion that Vince is always thinking about the audience is uh, I don't doubt his, his belief that that's what he's doing. I I believe that he believes that that's what he does, but I don't, I don't think he separates um, the audience what the audience wants from what he wants, or he uh, takes certain reactions uh, from the W audience to, to only be a, a vocal minority who don't
5: need to be taken seriously. Um, do you think, like, let me give you a scenario. Let's say Nick whoever, says, hey, we should probably release so many so talents. And then Vince just goes to justify it in his head to the audience. Well, the less talent, the more they can focus on talent and really get invested. Do you think that's kind of how he, how he processes it? Like something comes to him and then he goes, he justifies it in his head why it's a good move for the fans? You're, you're saying his justification
1: for 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 releasing talent is so if we have fewer wrestlers then they'll more wrestlers will be able to get more get over because they'll be we'll have to split up the time we won't have to split up the time share the time among them as much no i don't think that's that's part of the thought process they i mean look at their tv they they use for as large a roster as they have had and they still have a, a pretty large roster they use remarkably few wrestlers relative to the size of their roster on their main roster shows. They don't use the depth that they have. Um, I guess that could be a reason who knows, who knows what the mental gymnastics are that, that happen. Uh But I'd mean, I, I, I don't see that as a good reason though at the bit where it's, it's not, uh, it's not something that's, that's happening that they're
5: truly doing. Um all right, so yeah, um, if we want to move on, or I think you just kind of want to relate us to the Stone Cold.
1: He came off uh, much better. Definitely, in, he yeah. came came off much better in this interview with Pat McAfee. Uh, Pat McAfee was much nicer to him, Steve pressed him on some things. And and I think Steve Austin was really coming from a place, even in 2014 of not being satisfied with the TV product, not seeing certain people who he, he apparently was a fan of Cesaro and was apparently talking with them. And, uh, you know, he wanted to see him become more successful in WWE and uh, he was, he was questioning Vince on that. Pat was not questioning Vince on the state of WWE in in any way other than to support him and praise him and love him. Uh, I'm sure Steve Austin has a lot of respect for Vince McMahon, too, uh, for a lot of reasons. But uh, Steve Austin was coming from more of a critical point of view. um, And and Vince came off more poorly In, in that interview in 2014. This one was more of a puff piece and you can certainly look at the reaction. I even, you know, I scrolled through the YouTube comments on this, on this interview and I, I could not find a single negative comment on this, uh, on the, uh, it, on the YouTube comments, uh, at least, you know, the other night when I was looking at it, um, people referring to Vince's like, Vince is like my second father.
5: <laughs> uh, so people love Vince for some reason. Um, What were some things that maybe could have been asked that you, me that you would like to be like we knowing that Pat McAfee's not going to ask him certain questions, but like I personally would have liked to have a question about Nick Khan, like the dynamic. I mean, if if we
1: if he was going to be a guest on WrestleNomics, it'd be a very different kind of interview. I mean, it would yeah. be, be first of all, it, is if Pat McAfee was an independent journalist, is it his job to ask things about the about business related? Like it would be for us, and that would be my mindset, but um, I, I would want to know, um. First, I, I would want to know, like, what is a typical day like for Vince Man? It sounds like he does a lot of work on the plane. What does he actually do? I'm sure he does a lot and he works as much as possible. I believe he's sincere in the fact that he loves this and he does it all the time. But, like, what does he do on a, on a typical day and how involved truly is he in creative? What's that What's that meeting process like? Uh, I don't think he's writing the TV as we discussed a few weeks ago. I don't think he's, like, meticulously writing the TV with the writers. He approves everything and I think he strikes out the vision for them. But I don't think he's deeply involved in, in the writing process because we hear about him ripping the script up and telling everybody to rewrite everything on, on a few hours notice. Um, there's that, um, I think he could have been followed up on, on succession. Uh, not, not the, not the TV series. When's he going to watch it, but do you see Stephanie, uh, running this company someday? What happened with Shane? What happened with triple H and NXT? Why was NXT? Why was it the right time to, to rebrand NXT? Uh, what's your relationship been like with Nick Khan? Are you, uh, you seem to be really happy with him and how's he, uh, How has he changed what W has become in the last two years? Um, Are you open to selling the company?
5: Uh, We could go on. All right. So we will uh, move on from uh, one company to another that acquired another company. Well, maybe, (laughs) but uh, at least the individual. Tony Khan himself has bought Ring of Honor. From what we understand, AEW has not purchased Ring of Honor. Tony Khan has bought Ring of Honor as he announced on Dynamite on Wednesday. So here's a clip from from Dynamite on Wednesday.
2: At the very beginning, well, it was about 17 years before that, another wrestling company started, a wrestling company known as ROH. (laughs) Ring of Honor. And I've been a fan of Ring of Honor for a long time, a huge fan. So you can imagine I'm very excited because today I signed a deal... I just became the new owner of Ring of Honor. Shane's not here. There's no Shane. It's me.
1: So there you go. Um, You want to go ahead and and read the, uh, the relevant
5: portion of the press release? Yep. So, uh, in the press release, uh, this deal adds thousands of content to our rapidly growing library and creates new opportunities to expand our footprint on a national and global scale while having the potential to produce new content under the ring of honor banner. I will immediately begin exploring opportunities to make ring of honors video library available to fans who have the opportunity to witness the beginnings of the careers of some of AEW's biggest stars.
1: So, uh, and then, uh, the, the last sentence of the, of the press release.
5: Okay, yeah. So the last sentence of the press release here is, the acquisition will be completed through an entity that is wholly owned by Tony Khan. Further details about the extent of the acquisition will be announced in the coming weeks.
1: Okay, so it, it sounds like, first of all, it, it's, it's definitely the case that this is not AEW LLC. It's not all wrestling LLC that is acquired or is going to acquire Ring of Honor. It's it's some other corporation that Tony Khan owns. Um, there's 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 a pay per view tonight for AEW. There will be a media scrum, uh, which will only be in person. I asked if there will be a a call in conference call media scrum. I was told there will there will not be. Uh, so only media who are there in person in Orlando. We are in Buffalo tonight. Uh, I hope media later tonight asks asks Tony about at least two things, and that is why why are you Buying this as a separate, wholly owned entity, what what's the reasoning behind that? And how has this pay-per-view sold? Because they will know as as they stand there, Tony will know as he stands there, he will have an impression, an early impression of what the pay-per-view sales are like. Um I would I would like to hear that from AEW rather than from me or from Dave Meltzer later about what the what the pay-per-view sales were. Um so why? Why? Uh, why does Tony own this? I, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm, I'm not. I've, I've I've heard some reasons, uh, some speculation, but it doesn't come to mind. I guess uh, who owns AEW? We don't. I mean, we know the Khan family owns it. I think Shad, maybe Tony, technically owns it. Um, I'm curious if Warner Media owns part of it, and that's why we've only seen AEW work with Warner Media in the U.S. Um... Yeah, there there must be some reason. And there's some there's some uh some interesting things when it comes to um aw's business, like uh in, in terms of their finances. Um when I t when I talked to, to Mookie the other day, um I tried to ask him about you know the, the growth of the employees. Uh he did say that there were some employees, at least at first, who were both Jaguars employees and AEW employees. Uh I didn't get an impression from him, how much of that is still the case. Uh, when it, it's, it's, uh, it stands out to me that when I look at the analytics for WrestleNomics.com, one of the most, among others, one of, one of the more viewed pages is this blog post I did at one point about the, the, the title is, How Profitable Is AEW? Which which must be something that people are Googling and finding a lot. Um, the financial state of, of AEW. We know Tony said, said to Forbes, uh, several months ago, that he, according to him, it would have been profitable if not for a was it eight figure eight figure, which means at least ten million dollars, an eight figure investment that he's made in gaming. Uh, is that with his gaming partners? Not clear. But according to him, AEW would be profitable if not for that at least ten million dollar investment into gaming. Um, so, is that really an AEW investment? It sounds like it is. Uh, is a private company. They're not a public company. They don't do public filings, at least not at this point. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, it's just not clear to me, you know, how much of this business is mixed in with the Jaguars or mixed in with other uh, entities that the Khan family owns or is associated with. Um, yeah, and it, it doesn't help that there's a lot of times where Tony will use I and AEW interchangeably. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, this is definitely... Being owned by a different company. Uh, what's possible here? AEW might end up using the Ring of Honor brand as developmental. Um, who knows? Maybe maybe one of these AEW dark shows becomes a Ring of Honor show instead. Um, clearly, he's a fan of Ring of Honor and has been for a, for a number of years. Um, the, library, the library makes uh, AEW a little more uh, attractive as a streaming product. Uh, it's not like Ring of Honor has this massive, mass appeal. Uh, but it's but it but it grows their library. They're adding to it all the time, right? But it's a relatively small library, say compared to WWE, which has m- multiple decades of its own self-produced content as well as all the other con- the, the content libraries that they've re- they've acquired. Which doesn't leave much left uh, if you're trying to acquire additional wrestling libraries. And Ring of Honor is one of them. Um, so that makes them a little bit more attractive. We had, you know, tweets from uh, Andrew Zarian in the in the lead up to this announcement speculating or maybe reporting that he had, I guess, reporting that he had heard that uh, pe- he, he talked to people who believed that AEW was about to announce a streaming deal with HBO Max. That was obviously not the case. Who knows if that's still in the works. HBO Max seems like a likely destination just because it's a Warner media owned property and HBO Max announced uh, earlier this week that they've made a deal with us soccer, which will be the first time that there will be live sports on, on HBO Max, which opens the door to speculation, at least that maybe they would put wrestling. Would they put AEW on to HBO Max? Um, I brought this up with Mookie, uh, you know, he, he, he didn't announce a deal. Um, now, why don't you tell us about what what uh, Lobby tweeted earlier this week?
5: Yeah, and I just kind of want to circle back to some of the thoughts I have. Um, so, okay. uh, but uh, Lobby Marlin, uh, our our good buddy, he he, uh, he said that while Women of Wrestling announced is coming to Sinclair in the fall prior to the Ring of Honor reimagining announcement was a clear hint that Ring of Honor was done. Sinclair affiliates do not need or likely want two hours of must run pro wrestling content.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm I'm looking at the action in the chat which looks exciting for you
5: um yeah, yeah. that's why if i've looked like i'm not looking at you anyway. God, i did my first time it's out cause,
1: it's because you're so negative about by about wb and not and now you're censoring people now you're censoring people you know first joe rogan and now this um so it what Lavi points out there, and it, it was really surprising to me when I was looking at my podcast feed uh, on Wednesday evening before Dynamite went to air, I looked at my podcast feed, and I had a new upload of the Business of the Business podcast, which is hosted by, by Lavi, Lavi Margolin, and John Paz, and the, the title of their newest episode, which I guess they had recorded that day or earlier on Wednesday, was uh, AEW buys Ring of Honor or Ring of Honor sells to AEW, and uh, I haven't listened to the, to the episode yet. Uh, but he and I asked him, "Did you know?" And he he said that they were just speculating. Um, but what, what Lavi points out here is that uh, you know it 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 certainly sounds based on what they were doing with WOW that they weren't going to put out an additional you know, hour of pro wrestling content for all of their Sinclair affiliates to run. That that sounds like a signal that well maybe they're not going to be expecting new Ring of Honor episodes to be on television. So so another point here is. You know, there's probably people out there speculating about how Tony Khan's gonna have another TV show. It doesn't sound like he's not it's not as if he's there's going to be this continuing relationship between Sinclair and and the Ring of Honor entity. Um so it's it's for, for Tony to do whatever he's gonna do with it, uh, and it's not gonna include Sinclair. Um but he does so, but he does mention does it say? it's 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 for no, him to right? um what, what does it say here? Well having the potential to produce new content under the ROHP banner so i would i would think we have not seen the last ring of honor show we will we should probably invent a new acronym here remember you know wwecw um there's there's no common initial though between aw and, and roh is there but awroh there will i would imagine there will be another ring of honor show uh under the uh under the supervision of tony khan in the future
5: well that's what i was gonna, you know that's the kind of point i want to make i think when you're discussing a streaming rights deal with like HBO max or whatever it may be. The way you can kind of push that is, is okay. You know, we have this library of course you can get the AEW library. Now we have the all in the show that started it all possible. But I think the biggest thing is, is that, Hey, we will also get you a weekly ring of honor program that is exclusive to your streaming service. And because I don't know if Dark going to Dark, it. I mean, I could say that 205 lives is exclusive property nobody gives a damn about 205
1: live i mean it's not even whatever an nxt up whatever. but but if we were to believe level up
5: what mlw claims that they had these deals like in place ring of honor to me is a more prop more better acquisition than than uh, mlw just based on history it's ring of honor is a better acquisition than mlw in what way just as, as far as history and like i think like popularity and because of the, the length of the history and the, the, the size, the hours of the library. And would I ask the like the popularity of the stars that have came through the company. And I would imagine if you were a, if I, if you were a cable network and though both those properties came to you, let's say it's ring of honor before being sold and said, we want a TV, deal MLW, they might go towards ring of honor being having the stars that have been there and the history that they have and the base that they've built.
1: Maybe. I, I think if, if we were talking about an independent ring of honor, and an independent MLW. Um, I don't know there's a huge diff there. There's a difference in terms of the history and the number of hours of content that you would have to provide for sure. Um, the profile I, I, I don't see as very different to, a to, a immediate executive. Who's not going to be that well acquainted with wrestling. Um, I think relationships would be much larger and trust of, of the people that you're dealing with would be, would be a much bigger deal than, than either those brands that have pretty low profiles. Um, yeah, I think um, I think streaming is still the biggest financial opportunity for AEW. Um, they're still putting their pay-per-views exclusively on pay-per-view, as they are tonight. There's maybe a deal to make. I mean, certainly if, if somebody wants to offer enough money, there's a deal to make. Um, but, the, but the best way to monetize the library and you probably are going to have to bundle in the pay-per-views to make that happen, is uh, not direct-to-consumer. Especially as, as I think we get further down into the funnel of, of hardcore fandom here, um, what, whatever money that AEW might be able to extract from a fan base, um, I don't think it's going to be huge in terms of, like, how many subscribers... How many subscribers do you think Honor Club had?
5: As of this week. Uh, I mean, it was probably... I would say it was probably, like, 20,000 maybe? Maybe less, yeah. I, w- I would say it's
1: it's in certainly under 100,000, <laughs> probably under 50,000. I wouldn't be surprised if it's under 25,000. I'd even be shocked if it's under 10,000. Um, so not a lot. What what could AEW do though? If Especially if we think about a worldwide basis. What's AEW Plus? How many AEW Plus subscribers do you think there are? Probably tens of thousands. I don't know if it's 100,000. Um, so there's... You think about like what did uh, New Japan has peaked globally at hundred thousand, so AEW could do more than hundred thousand direct to consumer subscribers. Certainly, if New Japan can, um, they can, and New Japan's at a far weaker state globally now than they were a few years ago. And I think AEW is stronger than than on a global level than New Japan has ever been. Um, so they could. That would that tells me that at the, at the right price point, that they could do over hundred thousand subscribers globally, maybe a couple hundred thousand. Um, and you can do the math, you can multiply that by say a ten dollar price point you know across twelve months, and you can get a number uh which would be i don't know let's 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 do that real quick uh so if if they had let's say two hundred thousand worldwide subs and let's just for for ease let's say they're all ten dollars a month over twelve months, they can make twenty four million dollars in in that scenario with their direct to consumer service um twenty four dollars a month how much is w e paying or how much is peacock paying, pe- how much is Peacock paying WB for uh, the network rights and the pay-per-view rights?
5: And that's to a two uh, hundred million. Two hundred. Always get confused. Value, the, the NBC Universal deal. Yeah.
1: Average annual value two hundred million dollars a year. Oh, AW yeah. not going to get that much, but no. they can get a, get a fraction of that. Probably more than twenty four million dollars a year. Maybe, maybe they could work out a deal with somebody like HBO Max, or who knows what's going to happen with Discovery Plus. We'll get to what the, what's going on with Discovery in a moment. Um, but the best way, I'm getting, finally getting to the point, here, the best way to monetize this, you can do it direct to consumer if that's, if that's your only option. But if you can find a big media company, big media companies are big and they have a lot of money. They have a lot more money than, than the, the AEWs of the world, even the WWEs of the world. Uh, NBC Universal is owned by Comcast. I think they're like a $200 billion market capital company. WWE is a $4 billion market capital company. So AEW is something way less than that. Uh, in terms of what what can they afford? Yes, the cons are billionaires, but they they still uh, they are still operating under certain financial parameters and limits, right? Um, the point is, these big media companies, especially those who have been deeply invested in traditional TV for decades, which is declining, still very profitable but declining. They have to hedge against that decline by investing in streaming, and and, and that's what what we see, right? HBO. Uh, we see CBS become becoming Paramount Plus. We see NBC involved in Peacock. Uh, we see ABC involved in Disney, ESPN Plus, etc. Uh, so there, there are these way way bigger companies that can afford to overpay you now for the sake of the investment in having a successful streaming platform. Maybe, hopefully, that replaces the profits that are uh, that are diminishing. And are gonna diminish from traditional t v uh which is far more than you're gonna be able to extract if you get a good deal far more than you're gonna be able to extract direct to consumer and that's that's the example of w and peacock two hundred million dollars a year from n b c universal to put that stuff on peacock just for the u s um they were making globally hundred and eighty million dollars about seventy percent of that was u s so uh you know they're they're making a lot more money that way by going to a business partner rather than going direct to consumer. That's all guaranteed. You don't have to worry about being that popular, at least in the short term. You know, you're, you're not being, if it's low risk, you can do better financial planning that way because you know, uh, you have a much better idea. Maybe there's some fluctuation in terms of ad revenue there in the peacock deal, but you have a much better idea with a lot more certainty about what, how much money you're going to have,
5: uh, in the years to come. So, Yeah. Could we see growth of more, I, like, IP content now from AW as far as maybe, like, documentaries and the aspect of maybe doing a Brian Danielson documentary? Because now you have all this Ring of Honor footage. I doubt it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and
1: just, I, I, I doubt it because, because.
5: You know what I mean? Like, they have now more. Every impression I get from this footage. company
1: is that they don't want to spend money. And they, they want to be very lean. I mean, obviously, you could, I, I can hear the alarm bells going off. Oh, my God. They're spending so much on talent. They are. Um, but from a production standpoint, I think they, they don't want to spend a lot, a lot on, um, on doing extra production. There was one puppy bowl. There wasn't an, or not puppy bowl, one puppy battle Royal. There wasn't another one. Um, I think until AW signs a new TV deal and is actually a sustainable company financially, you will not see deeper investment in content like that. Unless there's, unless that's part of an agreement with the, with a media partner, that's going to more more than pay for the cost of that content.
5: And that's kind of more what I was thinking. Like if they do make a deal with like a streaming service that they would do what WWE does in the aspect of documentaries and maybe like round tables and whatnot like that.
1: But do, do they have a, uh, a potential business partner that's ready to just spend lavishly on content like AEW content?
5: Yeah, this is actually from a Variety. Uh, Discovery CEO David Zaslav uh, promises that the company is not in a race to win the spending wars on content when it closes a deal to acquire AT&T's WarnerMedia and become Warner Brothers Discovery. We're going to spend more Warner on content, Bros. but you're not go- going to see us come in Bro. and go, all right, we're going to spend $5 billion more. Zaslav said during an investor call Thursday to discuss company's Q4 earnings results, we're going to be measured, we're going to be smart, and we're going to be careful. As Variety reported Wednesday, Insiders say at and Discovery are preparing to close the $43 billion transaction uh, in mid-April through the public line from both companies and is still at some point in the second quarter. Sazlov says the new company, which will run both Discovery's current major streamer, Discovery Plus, and WarnerMedia's HBO Max, will be lo- looking to monetize our IP to grow the value of the overall company. Just real quick before you get into, Brandon, it seems like so they're going to keep two it seems like the plan is to keep two different streaming services so yes he's saying he doesn't want to race for content but you're also operating two streaming services in a in a market, crowded market sure i mean so is disney
1: i mean disney has disney plus disney has espn plus um and they're gonna they're maybe gonna become the whole owners of hulu the majority owners of hulu now right disney has you could say yep. three um yeah so and there's probably others that have more than one in their universe, but um, this this is this is zazz as, as 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 those of us who who uh, are hip to media call him We know that Warner Media has been acquired. No, will no longer be a part of AT and T. Looks like that, that deal has passed antitrust scrutiny. It sounds like uh, I think there was a Washington Post article earlier this week. Warner Media will no longer be part of AT and T as it has been and will become uh merged with discovery uh david zasloff is the ceo of discovery no longer will what's his name uh who's the warner media ceo look that up real quick his name is escaping me uh kylar jason kylar um no longer will jason kylar be the ceo of warner brothers He, he he will be cast off to future endeavors and uh David Zaslav will oversee all of it. Um so what he's saying here is we're not going to we're going to have spending discipline here. We're not going to spend a ton of money on willy-nilly on all this content. Um and this is this this was on their their most recent earnings call for Discovery. This is being criticized as like this is an old world traditional TV way of viewing things uh in that you need to have many hits, and that's what controls churn. What is churn, Chris Gullo? Churn is a fancy media word for... Uh, I don't know if you've ever told me that before. It's, it's a way that you make butter. You churn it.
5: Yes, you you're, you're, you're churning media. it. Yeah, I mean, you're constantly... I would imagine you're constantly moving. Churn is just a, a fancy...
1: It's, it's a euphemism. It's, it really is, because we don't want to say cancel their subscription. It's canceling your subscription. Um, the... Have you have you canceled any of your streaming subscriptions
5: recently? Uh p- no, probably not recently, no. Well, that doesn't help me then. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of the last time like, you know, I did uh okay, cancel it. Look, like I've canceled non-TV subscription services here, probably in you, the last you, year.
1: So. Let's take Netflix cuz Netflix is a good example. I think you've said something along okay. these lines that that you you and your wife the the one thing you're not going to cancel is Netflix, right? Yep, she
5: will not let me. <laughs> Why is that? Well, she just she, she enjoys the content the most. I would imagine it's something is it she's just used one piece to. of content. My, my, my wife is it just overwhelmed. One show? No, she likes multiple shows on there. Um, but my wife almost like gets overwhelmed sometimes with all the streaming services we have. She goes, "Why do we have all these? Mm. You know, and like so, like I think it's, she's just boom right to the. Key. Wants Netflix, likes Netflix, um, and I think they got her brand loyalty. I think she's, she's Netflix. For me, I like stuff on Amazon Prime. I like stuff on Paramount. I like stuff on Discovery Plus. I mean, they just had the restaurant rivals. You which subscribe I really to Discovery Plus. I think we've touched on this before, yeah. actually. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. You uh, watch on Discovery t- Plus, t-
1: I think you might tap. T- t- this is, this is, this is rare. We've, we've discovered a,
5: we've discovered a discovery plus subscriber here. Everybody, because look, look I look love it. the content. Like, so I'm, what's the content? I mean, you, you watch it. Okay. Like, you want to, be, I'll take the content. First off, all, there's multiple different networks that provide content on there. You got your HGTV, right? So your you know, your, uh, restoration shows, you know, fixing houses, you know, house hunters, all that. Then you got food network and the cooking channel. So if you like your cooking challenges or going to restaurants, all that, you, you get the Magnolia, you get the Magnolia network, which to me is my favorite for what I like. Like there's this show about this woman. She just goes and fixes people's gardens, and like helps them like grow fruits and vegetables and, and and whatnot. There's a show where the guy takes like old like like either like a train, um, you know, uh, uh part of a train or like an old grain mill or whatever, and he like turns them into like cabins and and Airbnbs. And I don't know. I enjoy that type of product. And like I said, they just had a John Taffer versus um Robert Irvine restaurant rival show, which I, I love the content.
1: <laughs> look at look at David Zaslov smile at you as you say all these things he's just he's loving hearing this um the point I'm trying to make here is that people people do cancel Netflix, but many people don't cancel Me Netflix either. because of the vast content and the vast selection of content that is hit content that that is popular that people watch um so it's not just one or two Ain't shows it. that are popular on netflix it's 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 just a preponderance of stuff that's popular
5: and it should be noted that netflix is the only streaming service that has consecutively increased its price almost every year mm-hmm. price elasticity and they can probably go further um
1: but carefully um i i guess um so when i when i raise this point hey, hey look uh yeah may, maybe aew will try to make a deal with hbo max someday soon maybe they are currently uh but that but then again you've got david zasloff who's you know uh, Eventually, or I don't know if he is now in some way going to be overseeing everything in the Warner Media space, including HBO Max. He's saying we're going to have cost discipline. We're not going to maybe, maybe we're not going to allocate a lot of funding to buy the rights to new content for HBO Max, such as possibly AEW. So maybe there's not going to be money available for HBO to to, to deal out like that. Maybe. Um, and I and I had uh Gavin Bridge respond. Gavin Bridge from Variety, who writes about WE and AEW, sometimes uh, point out that you know that this this is a This is a a view that's being criticized and uh, maybe Discovery will have a big shakeup in streaming in the future uh, because maybe this strategy isn't going to work out for them. Something to, to watch in the future.
0: Anyway. betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc
5: all right um yeah so we'll move on here uh did and, you listen to the, the tony con media call I did. I did listen to the Tony Comedian call. Um, nothing really uh, surprised me. Uh, he did get defensive on one question that was asked about Cody Rhodes. The first time Cody Rhodes, not part of a pay-per-view. And he pointed out that Cody Rhodes was not on a couple pay-per-views, including the one that was the highest grossing. Um, so that was the only, I think, but other than that, he was very like, I, I think it was, it was a general good conference call. He broke a little news with like the, uh, RJ City wrote a revolution stuff. And, uh, you know, we talked about being in California and the West coast and all that. And which is something you also discussed with, with Chris Harrington about like the expansion into the West coast and whatnot. But I mean, as far as the media call, I don't think it was super, super newsworthy, but that's kind of my takeaways from it.
1: Okay. Um, I, I asked him a question about, uh, the African-American yes. audience, which is a lower did, for yes. AW than it is for, um, WV, so let's look at, listen to that clip, and then we'll talk about what the data is, as, as far as we know.
2: Hey, Brandon, Brandon what's up, man?
1: Thank you, thank you, Brandon. Yeah, great to talk with you. um So the, the Nielsen TV ratings data that I've seen shows that while AW's African American audience is pretty much on par with that of TV generally, that percentage of the audience is considerably lower than say WB's African American audience. So I was wondering, it, is that something you feel you can change? And if so. Uh, what has AEW been doing lately to address
2: that? That is a tremendous question, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Muted. Uh, I have noticed that. I study the patterns very closely, and it's something I'm cognizant of and uh, an audience that we really do want to grow, and it's very important to us. It, not just growing that audience. I think diversity is very important to the company for a number of reasons, but uh, absolutely expanding our viewership. We think that is something that will help us, and that's why – uh, you know, you see so much great, diverse talent on the show. And uh, there's there's been better representation, I think, than ever before. Um, diversity among the champions and uh, new stars coming in. So I, I think when you look at who's been coming into the company and, and the profile of free agents we continue to sign and the huge push that Jade Cargill is getting, and a lot of the stars who have been uh, getting pushed up the card and, and getting put in big spots, I think that is consistent with trying to grow that audience. So there you go. Um,
1: I, I, know, I know that's something that was a big talking point of, uh, after the big swole controversy, where she, where she was um, yeah. critical of diversity in AW and uh, Tony Khan on new year's Eve tweeted in response saying she was released, you know, we let her contract expired because she wasn't a good wrestler. Um and then we had a long discussion about that a day or two later. Um so AW's audience is as I said in in the in the clip there, um it's it's on par with TV generally. And that's what we have on the screen here, especially if you look at the uh, the bar that says cable primetime homes uh slash persons using television. Uh, which is 69% white, 14% black, 13% Hispanic, and then 5% other races. Um, If you compare that to, now this is just looking at July 1st to September 12th. This is the most recent data that I have. I'm going to try to update this data soon. AW Dynamite, again, uh, TV generally maybe 69% white. AW Dynamite in that period, July 1st to September 12th, 68% white, uh, 16% black. 11% Hispanic, 5% other races. So again, roughly on par with cable primetime TV viewership. Uh, A little bit more white, somewhat more white than the universe generally. But if we look at who's actually watching TV, for some reason white people watch more TV, I guess. Um, At least in in this breakdown. Uh, But if you look at WWE, WWE's audience is, twenty for SmackDown in that period, 26% black. For Raw, 23% black. Um, so that, that tells me that maybe the total available market, the total population of wrestling fans, we could capture AEW is, uh, disproportionately African-Americans relative to the population generally. And AEW has not yet captured that audience to the level that WWE has, and maybe that they could, um, so no news in his response, but that, that was his, um, that was Tony Khan saying what he's doing to address that, including pushing Jay Cargill, uh, who is, I think the only name that he specified in that response, right? But you can think of other people they signed, Keith Lee, um, anybody else come to mind there?
5: Um, I mean, Powerhouse Hobbs, as we're seeing, being featured in this uh, Revolution Ladder match, mm-hmm. um, which I think is it, going to be a, a huge star for them, for sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that.
1: Uh I talked
5: so with yeah, so you, oh I was gonna say you discuss you spoke with uh Chris Harrington on Tuesday and you brought up roads at the top, which yeah. was something we kind of want no more info on. Like whose property was it? Yeah. Um
1: so when I talked talked to Mookie in September, right here in Russellomics headquarters, um the answer is I'm 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 confused and I'm still confused after talking with him. It's not not really clear to me. I thought in September after our discussion that Roads to the Top was an AEW show, just like you know, WWE. It's total divas and Ms. and misses and total bellas. Those are and were WWE shows that were that WWE benefited from financially directly for those shows. Um, and I, I guess if, the, if I look at the filings, they probably tell me that that WWE paid for the production. Uh, what, what Chris was telling me on. Tuesday is that Warner media paid for the production. He reiterated that Tony Khan is an executive producer. So is that Tony Khan benefiting personally from, from this show or is it, or some other entity wholly owned by Tony Khan that was benefiting from roads to the top or was, was this something that was going into the finances of AEW? Not totally clear to me. Anyway, there's a big question. About what the future of this show will be, it's probably not going to continue, especially if Cody Rhodes ends up somewhere else. Much, much reporting and speculation about whether Cody will go to WWE now. Who knows? Uh, maybe could he go back to AEW? Maybe if if he comes back to AEW, maybe this road, this uh, this show could could continue. Uh, but if he doesn't, he probably won't probably won't continue. Will be replaced by something. I think I asked Mookie.
5: I didn't get a clear answer though. All right. Uh, we will uh, move on to some, and but we we got another super chat. We'll pretty much, we'll uh, address all those super chats. I think towards the end of the show, Uh, we'll kind of fire them off there. Um, We do want to discuss WrestleMania ticket sales. This is uh, from uh, Russell ticks here night one. As of right now, on April 2nd, 56,076 night two, fifty five thousand seven hundred eighty one. 55,781. We are four weeks out and we haven't had the announcement of, a stone cold match that's been rumored. Um, we haven't had the so announcement. They've already passed 100,000,
1: they've already broken their record. Yeah, they've broken the record 101,763, right? Uh, this, of course, is two nights though. Uh, just to reiterate what we said last week, I reported it for the 2016 WrestleMania in the same same venue 80,709 in the building, That's spectators, not including ushers and ticket takers and things of that nature, has been said on a conference call. Uh, knowing that it wasn't 100,000 paid, but uh, that, that's the number, 80,709, 700, 80, according to the Arlington Police, who apparently knew that number for safety reasons. Uh, so that's probably the capacity for each day. Uh, maybe it's even a little bit bigger than that. Was, was WrestleMania in 2016 sold out? Probably close, right? Um, but right now, based on that assumption that that's the capacity for each day, they're at about 69% capacity which is up from 66% that they were at last week. Maybe we'll continue to track this, uh, at least to the extent that Russell ticks tracks it uh, next week as well. Um, an update on, on Raw and SmackDown. Uh, still both under 10,000 tickets for the Raw and the SmackDown adjoining WrestleMania weekend. 9,737 for SmackDown, which is also the Hall of Fame ceremony. Only 8,694 both of these at our American Airlines Arena, which even with a massive WE stage, is still going to it's, it's got to be over ten thousand seats. Um, the RAW after WrestleMania is not sold out still; uh, over a thousand tickets, maybe as much as two thousand tickets at least currently on sale that are not sold. Um, Revolution tonight is sold out. Uh, if if I assume that ninety five percent of the Revolution tickets are paid tickets. And if I assume that the ticket average ticket price is seventy five dollars, um, I i we discussed eighty eighty dollars being possibly being the average ticket price um based on the secondary sales, but based on um based on what Dave said about Dave Melzer said about the secondary sales. Um, but considering that's that may have been, I don't know, maybe that was a, a selection of, of less expensive tickets, or at least let's err on the conservative side here and and let's go seventy five rather than eighty. We could get to eight hundred five hundred and eighty five thousand dollars for a live gate um i bet they're going to spend more than five hundred and eighty five thousand dollars to produce this event which highlights to me uh this is a media business not a live event business uh but the, they will make millions in in pay-per-view um let's let's just because i said pay-per-view let's jump to the previous uh ticket sales and pay-per-view before i talk about the d- double or nothing um Every pay-per-view for AEW, according to what I believe, and I think that's what I think Tony might have even said it on, on Wednesday. Every AEW pay-per-view of of a given name, there's four pay-per-views, right? Double or nothing, all out, full gear, revolution. Each one of those pay-per-views has had more pay-per-view buys than the pay-per-view of the same name in the prior year. So year over year, all of their pay-per-views have been higher than the pay-per-view of the prior year. So what is the benchmark for revolution Tonight, last year's revolution, with the unsuccessful explosion, 135,000 pay-per-view buys. 135,000. Full Gear did 145. All Out did 205 with the first match uh, of CM Punk in seven years. So that's what they will have to do, 135 or better, to keep that streak up. Um, Considering Full Gear was so much more bought than the Full Gear of the prior year, it was 145 up from 85, so almost doubling, almost doubling the full gear of the prior year, um, and we're sort of we're still in this first ye- first 12 months of CM Punk and Brian Danielson months here. I think it's a safe bet that they'll they'll do um, that they'll do better than the revolution of last year, which was at that point was their most bought pay-per-view ever 135,000. Again, I I hope media asks Tony Khan in the post revolution scrum, if he can tell the media, anything about the state and the impression of pay-per-view sales at that point, because they will have some early indications about what the pay-per-view sales are. I know it takes a long time for pay-per-view sales to become final, because all the the traditional carriers take so long to reconcile and finalize everything. Uh, But they will have some impression of how well the pay-per-view did. So I hope someone asks. Um, Okay. Double or nothing. Why why don't you tell us what, what Tony Khan tweeted uh, two days ago?
5: Yeah. uh, Tony Khan tweeted, it's Friday. You know what that means? Hashtag AW rampage live tonight on TNT drama, the road to revolution is Sunday. And tonight we're celebrating a milestone because today Double or nothing, first day sales just gave us our first ever $1 million gate. Let's celebrate tonight at Rampage.
1: So uh, that means that the Grand Slam event did not reach a $1 million. And that that tells us, let's see here. So WrestleTix came out with this uh, estimate of the ticket map. We can look at the times here. So Tony tweeted that at 4.31. WrestleTix tweeted this map at 8.55 a.m. So I don't, I don't know if this was on Patreon first, but uh, if we assume that roughly, as, as WrestleTix reports here, 12,276 tickets were distributed roughly at the point that, that it crossed a million dollars. If we take um, one million and divide that by 12,276, we get an average ticket price of $81. $81.46. So that gives us an idea of what's the average ticket price, for an aw pay-per-view at least in this market maybe i mean there's only four of them maybe it changes a little bit in in other markets but uh that's that's useful for estimating aw pay-per-view events live gates in the future i don't know if that's interesting to anyone but me but that's that's good to know uh, anyway
5: moving on all right moving on uh, go over some uh google uh Search and some Google uh, trends data. Google
1: trends, AEW. I'm sorry, WB is still massively above anybody else in the wrestling universe when it comes to Google web search, which I think is is an impression of mind share and how much people are thinking about a certain brand, person, entity, what have you. Um, WB is still well above uh, AEW in this index. We we put uh, in in the the recently completed month of February. WB measured at a 22. That's not an absolute unit of anything. It's 22% of their all-time peak is, is what that is for a month. 22, uh, whereas comparatively, AEW was a 3.5. So, so what's 22 divided by 3.5? That's roughly seven times, right? 22 divided by 3.5 is 6.3 times. So more than six times worldwide. Think about it. Everybody on their phones, at their keyboards, they're Googling things. For every one AW-related search, there are six WWE searches. So take that, W-hater. But if you look at, I, I think what's really interesting is to look at the year of year comparisons here. And I think this, you know, I might have a data bias here in that, God, the data guy is so, so into data that he's trying to extract meaning from data. So, so... Feel free to, to challenge me here, anybody. But um, I think it's remarkable. No, nothing tells me as much of a story about the momentum of these companies. And we've got, I don't know how many companies here. WAW, w, New Japan, Impact, Ring of Honor, Stardom, Noah, Dragon Gate, DDT, CMLL, AAA, MLW, NWA, All Japan Pro Wrestling, Big Japan, Game Changer Wrestling, and PWG are, are the selection of, of promotions that I've put here. And what I've done is month a monthly year-over-year comparison. So take February and compare it to the February of last year and do that same thing for every month. You're comparing it to the to the same month of the prior year. And um, now we have this through February, since February just ended. And uh, WB is down worldwide in February. They were up, though, worldwide in January. We're not looking at U.S. I think it was, it's a little bit less favorable for WB when we look at the U.S. Uh, geography. But worldwide, they were up in January for that uh, that royal Rumble month better than the pandemic thunderdome January of 2021 um AEW is uh is most so I've conditionally formatted this for people who might be watching on youtube and and I think it really again I think it really tells you about who has momentum and but i I have some conclusions about this but what conclusions would you draw from this Chris Cull? and we'll see if we have similar conclusions what promotions? Have strong momentum right now, would you say? And what promotions have
5: weak momentum? Um, I would say uh, AEW, just based on the uh, you would think that. Um, how much it's gone up. Um, I would say Stardom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like Noah. Noah's been consistently. Uh, they're they're, on they're the trying up. to work
1: against that, but yes.
5: You know. Um, Dragon Gate, uh, to a certain perspective. I mean, honestly, like kind of across the board, DDT, CML have seen upticks consistent last few months. MLW, mm-hmm. um, and Game Changer Wrestling and PWG.
1: Who's got who's got kind of the the, the strongest streak with with maybe a few exceptions? But who's got like the strongest streak of green here? I mean, they've got a lot of momentum in Google Web Search. Ooh, it looks like stardom. Stardom. Yeah. Stardom, not among, you know, the top five companies that are searched for globally, but every month, with the exception of May 2021, because it's being compared to the May of 2020 when Hanakamura passed away and web search was enormous related to stardom. With that that exception, every month has been a year-over-year positive difference since May 2019. Um, Now, who has negative momentum, would you say?
5: Looking at a negative momentum, I mean I would WWE had the uptick in January as you noted, but I mean it's been mostly in the red. Um, Big Japan wrestling has been mostly in the red. Mm-hmm. Uh, impact's been spotty, you know, but I would say Big Japan definitely a lot has a lot of red. Uh, and honestly, triple A had a lot of red for a while, but it looks like it's on a turn.
1: And if, if we look at this, uh, that that what we were just looking there was from 2019 to the present. And now I've got this Google Web Search, Google Trends, which is where this data comes from, directly from Google, which anybody can go to trends.google.com and check this out. But we have this going all the way back to 2004. So then I did an, an updated year-over-year comparisons. And what I think we see from this, and um, I, I wrote about this in the annual – WrestleNomics Pro Wrestling Industry report not this year but the, the year before that I believe the 2020 report if not that the 2019 report about how I, I do think again this maybe is just I'm, I'm, I'm projecting my data bias and wanting to derive meaning from this but I do believe this coincides with, with business activity when you read it with the right caveats because it's not always Google web search increasing because of good news it might be the passing of Hanakamura or, or the Benoit family killings that uh, increases web search for bad reasons um but in a lot of cases, and generally, it, I think it, it does tell you something about the business momentum that these companies are prone to have. Um, and, and what we see here is, you know, if we t- take like, I think most reasonable people would agree that New Japan went through a really hot period beginning in the early 2010s, concluding in the late 2010s. And that's what we see is a streak of year positive year-over-year comparisons, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, 2019. And oh, it slows down in 2019 when AEW launches. But uh, it's it it that reflects pretty neatly to me the the boom period, if you will. Maybe not not a massive boom period, but a pretty good period for New Japan business, where every year their web search globally was up from the year prior, from 2011 to 2018. Um, and you look back at Impact 20, 2005 to 2010. Sort of tells you the story about how Impact gained momentum and recognition from 20, 2005 un, until they tried to go head-to-head with WE in, in the, uh, the very brief Monday Night Wars. Uh, and then negative comparisons all the way down as, as Impact lost its uh, TV deal on Spike with Viacom at the time. And now they're in a little bit better place uh, with, with Access than they were uh, in, in the depths of uh, Pursuit. The Pursuit Channel and things like that. Um, WB, in 2005, they're up. In 2006, they're up. In 2007, they're up. Um, 2007 is the year that the, the Benoit killings happen. Um, I think this coincides, 2005, 6, 7, with sort of this, this strengthening of WrestleMania, at least as a brand, as, as becoming this, this thing that they, I don't think they take into a stadium until 2007 for, uh, for the Trump WrestleMania. But I think this coincides with, I don't know, it coincides with, with um, guess who? Guess what? Guess what it also coincides with the rise of? John Cena. A new star. And then what we see is right after 2007, some, some maybe, maybe uh, the, the Benoit family tragedy. Contributes to this, as we see from 2008 to 2013, negative differences in every year. Not huge negative differences, but negative differences. Until 2014. Now, what happens in 2014?
5: Uh, Roman Reigns and I think The Shield, right? Acknowledge
1: him. Roman Reigns. I, I think a lot of what has to do with this is, is is the emergence of new stars in the shield. That that definitely helps and maybe it's an under, underrated part of this, but I think the W Network uh, yeah. making pay-per-views, heightening the reach of pay-per-views is, is what you would say. That's um, what one would say. Uh, so many more people... St- I mean, this is this is my experience and maybe I'm projecting my personal experience here. I don't know if you had a similar experience, Golo, but I started to watch... Pay-per-views, where I definitely was not watching them that much at the time. Um, so, 2014, 15, and 16, web searches up year over year, until 2017. After which, it has been down by about 20 percent every year through 2021. And what what we're looking at for people watching on YouTube, what we're looking at with the 2022 row, I would take with a grain of salt because we're only partly through that year, obviously, as anyone with a calendar knows. Um, so. What's been happening since 2007? I'm sorry, 2017.
5: Down 20%. Uh, Down 21%. Down 19%. Down 23%. Down 20%.
0: What's going on here?
5: I mean, there's not another new megastar. Let's just say that we've had Roman Reigns, but have we established a new megastar in that time period? We have not. Yeah. Why
1: not? What do they? They don't want to create stars,
5: right? That's the brand. The brand is the star. The brand is the draw. And they
1: they specifically don't want to create stars. Is that true?
5: Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say you know it might be something that they're not outright saying, but probably in the back of their heads, you know, no one person is bigger than a company. And remember when the one when one person has been bigger than the company, it's put them in bad positions, like H- Hogan leaving and Austin not showing up in two thousand two and. I when mind. they've, made, I, th- you know?
2: I think that I think
5: that they do want to
1: create stars, and uh, they kind of try with Drew. Um, I think Roman Reigns is being elevated more than ever lately. I think uh, there is there are certain risks to having stars be really big stars, and then they can go away. Whether it's The Rock or John Cena now, but um, why not create a steady flow of stars so you can continue to strengthen your consumer metrics, which can continue to strengthen the argument that you can make to. Business partners—if that's all you care about, or that's the main thing that you care about, because that's the main main area that you're getting your revenue from—you can make great arguments to business partners. If your consumer metrics are super strong, um, but they haven't, um, I don't know why though, because Vince Vince is doing a great job, and he listens to the people. So maybe it's maybe it's the fans' fault, and if it's not the fans' fault, maybe it's the town's fault, um, right?
5: Cole is very distracted. <laughs> I am. I am just kind of all over the place. We haven't had any controversial comments in a while. Okay. But I don't want to make sure I don't lose track of the super chats. Okay.
1: Anyway, but, um, I'm here. <laughs> okay. Uh, YouTube this week the most watched clip on YouTube. I'm having some issues with my script this morning, but um, as of 3 a.m. last night, the most watched clip on YouTube, uh, through 24 hours was Ronda Rousey and Sony Deville. And the match that they had on SmackDown with more than 1.1 million YouTube views, 1.2 million as of 3 a.m. last night, um, Damian Priest turning heel and Edge turning heel in successive segments on Raw are number two and number three. Um, so that's what we have. Not, not until, uh, the death triangle summons Eric Redbeard from Rampage do we get an AEW clip. So there's that, um. I continue to on live TV ratings talk, sort of compare, uh, YouTube clips to, um, two quarter hours and, and seeing some, some, uh, some corroboration there. So maybe we're on our, our way to finding out who's a draw, but tell us about the deal that WWE announced with Annie
5: this week. Yeah, So, uh, uh, today announced a multi year expansion of the successful programming partnership with the commissioning of more than 130 new hours of premium WWE themed series and specials to air exclusively on AE platforms to be distributed worldwide by AE networks. The multi platform partnership includes 35 new episodes of the genre defining Emmy award winning franchise, Biography, featuring documentaries on legends of WWE. Last year's Biography WWE Legends episodes drove Biography to become AW or I'm sorry, AE's Most Watched series in 2021. W is also beginning production on 24 new episodes of the original series WB's Most Wanted Treasures, which will air over multiple seasons. The first season of WB's Most Wanted Treasures wins A&E's most watched new series of the year. A&E also has ordered 40 hours of the new series, WWE Rivals, which is a working title. WWE Rivals will chronicle the little-known stories behind the biggest clashes in WWE history. The episodes will include revelatory insights from those who are part of the rivalries that often extended Beyond the Ring and cameras. Uh, additional hours of original programming are currently in development as well. Um, That rivalry series was something we kind of did see on the network. Oh, uh, they did. Were they did like something like that? Um, I did. So it's funny. This Most Wanted Treasures news came out, and AJ Francis did say that he was signed on for multiple seasons. Doesn't think they'll call him, but he said he was signed up for multiple seasons of Most Wanted Treasures. Okay. To so well, host it.
1: Yeah uh Port dollar Um so this is a I mean it all makes sense, right? Like they did a, what was probably a one year deal, one season deal last year. Uh the biography episodes performed pretty well in terms of ratings. Uh, most Hidden Treasures did fine, I think. Uh, so this is being renewed. And this looks like, a, you know, I mean, it, they said it was. This, this press release says it is a multi-year deal. So this is a, a deeper commitment. Um, and, and this just explains why you've seen less original content on the W network. Because I can, I can certainly imagine Nick Khan making the argument, you know, why are we putting things out onto the network when what what are we really really getting Uh, From partners like Peacock, what are they really paying for? They're paying for the backlog of the library, and they're paying for the premium live events that happen monthly. And are we really drawing? Are we like? Are we really controlling churn or attracting subscriptions by producing these documentary biography type pieces or things like rivals? Maybe not. And I bet that's why we haven't seen the Lex Luger documentary, the Vlad the Superfan documentary. I bet they those will be uh, things that are. Uh, episodes for these a and e series uh so it's uh this will be appearing most likely in the other media segment as revenue I, we won't have any idea how much revenue exactly they're getting from this but you know this is this is probably multiple millions per year for WB uh because of these deals and and it's not just more biographies it's not just more most wanted treasures it's W rivals as well as well as they say as you mentioned in this press release additional hours are also currently in development so more content over more years i'm sure that means more revenue for wwe so there's that uh we can go to super chats now
5: yeah sorry we'll start with christian wagner Our first super chat uh should aew hire their own nikon to be profitable
1: i have a response for that uh that, uh, I, I bet that, um, I mean, I, I guess they could hire an agent now. Now, look, they they do have activist artist management that helps them to some extent get the US TV deal that they have, which is a talent agency. I believe Tony Khan was involved in starting that talent agency. I want to say, um, <clears throat> but uh, is Chris Harrington the Nick Khan of, uh, of AEW? I don't know, I, I, I at least in terms of trying to spend leanly and wisely. I think I, but that's, that's probably not what, 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 uh, what's being gotten at in that question there um, in terms of making a lot of media deals. Yeah. It would, it would be helpful to have somebody who has a lot of experience making as big media deals as possible. Um, and uh, at least domestically, internationally, because what we're seeing is WB. Oh wow we're seeing super chats on the screen here. Thank you for that. Um, what we're seeing is W making a lot of what I would call these incremental deals, whether it's the lottery tickets that come to mind, uh, a new trading card deal. I think the performance of this 2k video game is very much a big deal. It it better be successful or W is probably going to try to make a deal maybe with my guess would be EA sports. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but yeah, I I think it would be in their interest. Now, how much money would they have to pay for more involvement from, a, let's say, a talent agency or from an awesome talent agency executive of the likes of Nick Khan, if the if there even are, if there even are comparable executives available in the world? Um, how much is Nick Khan getting paid? Millions and millions of dollars. He's getting a five five million dollar bonus and. Uh, coming up this spring we'll get a clear uh idea of just how much he was compensated because the proxy statement will come out um but yeah i think um i don't think we're gonna see aw spend a lot of money uh beyond what they currently spend on until they make a new tv deal everybody's got all these ideas and, and they're probably a lot of good ideas about things that aw should do in terms of a business um but I don't think they're going to delve deeper into risk beyond, beyond they will continue to sign talent to some extent. They're not going to delve deeper into a financial risk until they get a, a TV rights deal. That is a significant improvement over the one, which is pretty good that they have now, $44 million a year. But they're, they're in a good position if all things stay roughly the way that they are now, a couple of years from now, they stand a good chance to maybe triple, maybe quadruple the value of their US TV rights deals, right steal. Currently.
5: All right. RT Machine with our next super chat. What do you guys think about Logan Paul being in WWE? Personally, I hate it. I can comment on this. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a typical WrestleMania move. Um, he's I would not know who Logan Logan, Paul was unless Logan Paul is a very famous YouTuber. I I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He has, I think it was something like he has like twenty something million subscribers on on YouTube. Like the guy's a big deal. Like so, for them, it's it's cross marketing. It's what they love. It's somebody outside the world of wrestling bringing their fan base in. So, I mean, whether it's going to be a good match or not, I don't know. I mean, maybe Bad Bunny has set the precedent of people taking it seriously, celebrities taking it seriously, and trying to actually go out there and be great. But we'll see what happens.
1: It's it's, it's sort of WWE becoming. Um, and and what's his name, Jackass guy is going to be on the show, Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville's going to yeah. wrestle Sammy Zayn, right? it's sort of becoming um a celebrity boxing pay-per-view uh which is right in line with with what Vince seems to like larger than life spectacle of all these celebrities and, and and really WrestleMania's been that since day 1 i mean the first WrestleMania had all these celebrities at, at it right um but uh yeah it 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 wouldn't be as concerning if they were developing stars of their own who would appear year round uh more so but uh it's not something as a, as a
5: 35 year old that held No, 36 year old that I care about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm personally not like, Oh, I got to see this match, but I get why they did it. And I, I, I would do it too. If I were them, the business move, to be honest with you, um, guardian of chaos. asks us to Brandon and Chris off topic, but how do today's weekly TV ratings stack up against the Monday night wars programs overall? And the they, uh, Guardians said, appreciate what you do.
1: The, the the viewership of today versus the viewership <laughs> of Raw and Nitro back in the day. Yeah. Uh, the Monday Night Wars viewership was way higher, way, way higher. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm not going to easily be able to bring up um, Nitro, but we do have Raw here that we can look at real quick. Um, this is from the WrestleMania viewership spreadsheet, which patrons can get access to. Um, at patreon.com slash WrestleNomics. Uh, do we have a chart here? So, let's see. You know what? In fact, I do have Raw by the Hour that will give us even more comparable numbers. So, in, let's say, 1998, right? Um, here, here are some weeks from 1998 where they were doing 5.5 million viewers, 4.5 million viewers, you know they were doing four to five million viewers six million viewers going into nineteen ninety nine seven million viewers in nineteen ninety nine eight million viewers they did this week in may uh eight million viewers seven six you know five million viewers again what's what's raw doing today
5: i mean raw's doing one point what six one point seven one point eight million viewers 7? yeah um this is in a
1: very different t v environment so this is not that comparison is not a sufficient indictment of, of Ross TV ratings. It's a very different TV environment. And I don't think that, that that alone is a great argument for, look at how their popularity has fallen. It's, um, you know, it was a time where the viewership was much younger, younger people watched TV a lot more often. And, uh, there wasn't as much entertainment or as much entertainment competition. Um, that said, if, even if all other things were equal, uh, Raw's viewership would be down significantly from this. Uh, if 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 technology stopped developing and, and entertainment competition stopped developing in the year 2000, Raw's viewership would still be substantially lower than um, than six million viewers, um, but it would be higher than 1.7 million viewers for
5: sure. Um, yes. All right. And Our, our uh, last, as of right now, a super chat comes from Chicken Pom Pom. Longtime listener, first time caller. TKT's huge announcement is, is good for is the industry, problem? fans, and is wrestlers.
1: Like, I'm imagining you're like, are you holding two chickens? And
5: <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, but but yeah. So said so, TKT's huge announcement is good for the industry, fans, and wrestlers. What direction do you think he could go with Ring of Honor that would fulfill that comment? I kind of touched on a little earlier. I think first off, if it is a developmental territory. That gives, obviously, more opportunities for professional wrestlers. Um, I think the fans continue to have more content that they can consume. And, I mean, as an industry whole, it's, 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 it's creating not more en-
1: There's just not enough content, especially <laughs> wrestling content. Not enough of it to consume these days. I just can't find enough just starting for wrestling content, right? That's an issue. No, I just, just
5: give us more. No,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think you have to expect fans or most viewers, audience members, fans to consume all of your content. I mean, vast majority, no, you know, very few people relative to the say the dynamite audience are consuming dark. Right. Um, but anyway, the, the, the core of the question is, is how, how can Tony Khan live up to basically what he's, what he's kind of promising here with ring of honor, um, Yeah, you know, making it a strong developmental brand, I guess. Um, the thing is like, is there, is there really a space for a strong developmental brand when your main, main brand is actually satisfying your core audience? I, I mean, I, that's what I believe, like an NXT success in, you know, what 2014 to 2019 or so or 2018, whatever, uh, was what it was and was as successful as it was because the main roster was not satisfying the core audience. It was alienating the core audience and that audience, not all of whom were alienated. I know you, 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 you loved it, but a lot of people didn't. And a lot of people were, you know, relieved and loved NXT uh, because of it. I don't think the core AEW audience feels that way about the current AEW product that's on Dynamite and Rampage and the pay per views. Um, but maybe there's still some way to get something out of it. I mean, the Ring of Honor brand has a lot of value to AEW, probably more so than any other any other entity in the world. W would not do anything with it uh, other than do something with the library
5: and maybe, maybe put it on the network. Um, so, yeah. By the way, those reports that came out that they were interested in selling or they were That's interested right. in buying a ring of honor and I believe they made an offer or whatever. That's, That's what you right. think the angle would have been, right? Just a library. I think so, because
1: you know, yeah. they they there were rumors that they were gonna do something with Evolve, and that never came to fruition. Mm-hmm. Certainly this this present day version of WB where Vince has sort of reasserted his n- no wrestling but 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 me uh philosophy. They're not gonna they're not gonna use somebody else's existing brand. I mean, they did with ECW and that was a different time when wrestling was different. And I think Vince had more respect for his, his wrestling peers. Uh, ECW was this brand that he realized was successful. And, and what helps that too, I know, is that um, the One Night Stand pay-per-view did really well on pay-per-view. And it outperformed a lot of their B pay-per-views at the time. So there was that sort of certificate of, of credibility. To, to put on it and you know if wb bought ring of honor and did a ring of honor pay-per-view it would not be a, a big deal i don't think and um you know i think the the ring of honor brand has really been drained over the last couple of years you know it was uh you know I, I think i think ring of honor and to an extent new japan they, they passed by a window in about 2018 or so that uh that aw later jumped through and uh you know they uh they have aw is taking the opportunity that if new japan or ring of honor had the personnel and the vision and the financial requirements they, they could have made happen and the connections to which is what tony had with um kevin kevin riley i believe is his name
5: all right we did get two more super chats thank you uh so thank you. yeah thank you Timby. uh do we have channel racial makeup data? Uh, I would think a show on B MBT would skew much differently racially than a show on HGTV. there shows skew different.
1: Yeah. I, I wish I had a Nielsen subscription,
5: um, but unfortunately it would, it would
1: cost us tens of thousands of dollars. Um, so the data that I do get is, is a uh, secondhand from Nielsen. So it's a uh, quite a bit more limited, but I'm, I'm sure that's, that's correct. That, you know, networks like the BET network skew with African Americans. Um, but, uh, I haven't seen particular channel breakdowns, uh, like that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's
5: it's something that I would be interested to see. Um, RT machine. Would you guys like to see the jackass crew do a pro wrestling match on their next movie? I would personally, I, I, I don't know if they're going to do another jackass movie after this. Um, but, uh, I mean, if it's other for the movie, you know, where they're getting bumped by somebody, that would probably be entertaining.
1: No, I've uh, <laughs> I got my fill of Jackass uh, in 1999 or so, so I'm, I'm 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 good. I'm all set.
5: All right, I think that and that is going to uh, I think wrap us up here. It's a lot of super Brandon. chats. We really appreciate that. Yeah, really. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. Thank you, a, a few more, so. and I'll be able to afford a Nielsen subscription, maybe. <laughs> All right, so yeah, so with that, uh, kind of go to the plugs, I believe.
1: Okay, uh, you can sign up to the Patreon, Patreon.com/slashRussellnomics. Uh, please hit the thumbs up, hit the subscribe button, share this video, share the podcast, give us a good review if you, if you think it's it's good. If uh, if you think Golo's is a W hater, I apologize for him. Um, yeah, you can get my TV ratings reports, which are coming out nearly every day, uh, on the Patreon. Uh, I do Thursday live TV ratings talk at 5.30. I did it on Friday because the ratings were delayed this week. We got merch at store.postwrestling.com. You can play the WrestleNomics ratings game in the Post Wrestling Discord in the WrestleNomics channel. And what do you
5: have? Uh, yeah, so uh podcast side of things, uh, rediscovering indies, if you haven't caught it yet, catch part one of our Burt Prentice Deep Dive, uh, where we talk about the promotion career of uh, Burt Prentice and uh just from ninety one to ninety four he ran like six promotions. So like so it's a lot of fun and uh we're just gonna get into the heart of Ozark and Music City Wrestling and all that. And the next part I'll look out for that later this month. Uh you can catch me ring announcing this Saturday night at Excite wrestling in the Binghamton area, Johnson City, Oakdale Mall. Uh Colby Carino versus Tommy Dreamers on the cards. So I'm pretty excited. It's cage uh, for match, that. I heard. I heard there's a cage match on that show. Yes. Correct? I don't think it's that match, though. So. <laughs> no. Um no, it's not really No, sad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but yeah, it a pretty stacked uh, show and uh and those of you that are going to be in Dallas, uh, I now am going to be appearing on three pro wrestling shows. Three. Uh, there's a, yes, yeah, so I just added a show on Saturday. Uh, Any additional at, bookings at that a, you've
1: picked up because of this podcast?
5: I'm not, I'm not sure, but I, I, I do know uh, this show I'm excited for. It's at Turning Point Brewery. It's going to be a free show, two o'clock on Saturday. Uh, and uh, I'm going to get the ring announced Rodney Mac, And I'm actually excited about that. I was a big Rodney Mac fan back in the day, so.
1: Okay, thanks to everybody for watching and listening. I will see you on Thursday. We'll see you back here Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern.